My name is Bobby. I'm a paramedic with 27 years of experience in EMS and fire. And my name is Jason, and I'm a retired paramedic with 20 years experience in EMS and fire. And together we're paramedics unscripted. On this show, everything is on the table. We'll talk about burnout in the business, calling 911 for non-emergency reasons, Holly Pharmacy, frequent flyers, the current housing market, the financial system, BS doctor office visits, or anything else we want to, all from a paramedic's point of view. And why? Because we're paramedics unscripted. Welcome back into Paramedics Unscripted. My name is Jason. I'm here with my co-host, Bobby, and we're here for season two, episode number four. Bobby, how you doing, brother? Chase, how you doing? What is going on, man? Long time no talk. I know, man. How you doing? How you been? Yeah, I've been doing all right, man. We've been slacking off a little bit, and we apologize to the public, but uh, sometimes life just gets in the way. Uh, you had a little incident yesterday, a little uh, party day yesterday. How'd that go? Yeah. Yeah, you did. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> it, it, was, it, was, it was my wife's birthday, man. Yeah, happy birthday, Chastity, well, man. Well, see, I uh, kind of funny that you say that, because uh, when, when my wife and I first got together, we first started dating, um, you know, her, her birthday is the day after valentine's day right so you know, of course in my mind and like how a majority of guys minds work you know it's like i openly said i'm like awesome it's like your your birthday's the day after valentine's day so i can kill two birds with one stone and then she's like no she's, you know, like, she's like you stupid man <laughs> she's like no and i'm like i'm like damn it <laughs> not now but it but it's all good, you know. She's, you know, I mean, she's just she's half playing around. But no, it's a, uh, we've uh, it's been her uh, one of the things, you know, that she also said when we first met. She's like, well, I celebrate my birthday all month. It's not my birthday. It's my birth month. I'm like, damn. All right. Damn. <laughs> See, but, that's uh, that's why us guys have our hard work schedules. You know what I mean? Right. And then of course, you know, then not only is that Valentine's Day birthday month it's also you know super bowl sunday like kicking off the week yeah you know so uh yeah how excited were like commercial stores this year you know they get to sell all their shit out for this is super bowl that they would normally sell out if the super bowl was in january wouldn't matter when it is and then on top of that the next day they have all that uh valentine's day stuff well you know it's uh i mean i'll be honest i'm just gonna be honest here because you know we're unscripted and that's what we do uh I, i don't I could give, you know, I, I don't, uh, you know, I'm probably going to offend some people here, but oh well. I, I could give two shits about the NFL. Like, probably the past five, six years now, like, every year I've been less interested, less interested, less interested. Yeah, I didn't. Because it's, it, you, and it, a lot of, it's not because of, like, the Kyle Kaepernick stuff and all, and the, all the political crap that they try to, you know, yeah, that, that is some of it because, when it comes to sports, people want to enjoy sports as an escape, you know, like not have to deal with all the bullshit, especially politics. And yeah, I agree. when you, when you, when you bring politics into that, you know, it, it's just, it just, it just kind of takes the wind out of the sails, man. It's just, it just kind of just puts a bad taste in your mouth. And, and I think it was, it was that. And then for some reason, and this has nothing to do with college ball. Because that's a completely different scenario as far as I'm concerned. College, know, ball, college, ball, college ball never gets never get because you, you got the you got the, the students that are freaking hungry, man. You know, some of those some of those uh some of those college uh, ball players, they're they're hungry because they're hoping that they can, you know, 
right into an NFL contract. And right. You know, not all of them. Some of them just want to, you know, just have a badass four years, you know, playing ball in school. You know, so it's it's great. But the NFL just it just seems to get a little. I mean, it's like, dude, you guys are making millions of dollars. Leave your fucking politics at the door, and just play the game. You know, and and and, and support the fans too, because that's. Who the, who the fuck do you think is supporting you? If it wasn't for the fans, you guys would be making those paychecks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, and I'm it, not taking anything away from your talent, but that's the truth. If the fans weren't lining those seats, those franchises wouldn't be making any money, and you guys wouldn't be getting those checks. Yeah, that's so, that's one of the things I can't stand in our society now. That and I don't know when we started switching to like when some people care about what celebrities think. Like, I don't give a crap whether some actress, actor, sports person, whatever famous thing you can come up with, um, like what their political views are. I'm not going to change or whatever their views are in any incident. It doesn't have to just be political. But like my my uh, my decisions and my beliefs aren't going to be like made by the other people. Does that make sense? Like, so I don't care what some celebrity thinks. So that's why I I never understood that. I I gave up on the NFL way earlier than you. I, I probably I don't know now, probably. So maybe like 10 years ago or something, 15 years ago, even. Well, like, I was being nice. I think I'm, I'm more like you. It's, it's been at least 10 years. Yeah. I just, yeah. I just don't care. Cause I, I got sick of seeing like, you know, let's say a receiver, for instance, like an NFL receiver, you know, goes out, they, they do their route, they make the catch and then they dance for like 15 seconds. I'm like, what are you dancing for? You're paid a billions of dollars, millions of dollars to catch a football. So when you catch the football, that's awesome. But you were supposed to catch a football. You know, that's why you're out there and not me. <laughs> You know, or whatever, like that, that's your job. Like you don't, you don't like, we don't go as paramedics and like, I don't know, go run an auto accident call and then get back in the, do a dance and get back in the ambulance. Like we don't do that because it's like, it's just your job. Like I didn't, I've never understood that. And that's like what you said was a good point with college. I love college. I'm a big uh, West Virginia Mountaineers fan. Um, And I love college football or college sports in general, because even though they obviously do some of that, they're fighting for like a bigger thing because they're trying to make it to that million dollar level to get the paycheck right. in whatever sport they're, they're doing. Um, so they're trying really hard. Whereas I think in the NFL, once you get to that level, I definitely see, think you see some athletes like break it down a little bit and they're not putting in as much effort. And then like, it just, not all, you, of not them. all, not all of them. That's not, no, no, no definitely not all of them. Yeah. But you see that with some where you're just like, this is dumb. I don't want to watch this anymore. And, and uh, you know, so I, I've just never been a fan. And then with the political stuff, like you said, like, all that stuff. Once that started getting in, into it, uh, that was definitely like a massive turnoff. Cause like you said, I look at sports as like, especially like a football game. Cause I love watching like college football. Like when I go to watch college football, if I'm at my house or whatever, obviously if I can go to the game, that's awesome. But if I'm watching it at home, I know that I have like three to four hours, depending on how long the game's going to take of just brainless enjoyment, watching something. I don't have to think about anything. I, like you said, it's a, it's a release from everything else for a little while from society norms. And then after it, of course, you go back to your world and whatever you have to deal with normal stuff. But I, that's what I look at it for. So I don't need to do that and then look at it and then be like, oh, look what this person's wearing on their jersey or look what they're saying. And after, yeah, like, I don't care. Well, it's the same thing. I mean, you know, both of us, I mean, the two of us are big fans of music and uh, it, it, it transcends over into the music world too. Like, for instance, a lot of, you know, being music fans, people go to concerts for an escape, man, to escape you know, reality for a little bit as far as their lives go or, you know, and just have a good time. 
But when some of those, you know, musicians and artists, you know, excuse me, musicians, I can't talk today, you know, start getting into their political, personal political view rants, you know, while you're trying to see a show, it's like, dude, shut the fuck up. It's like, I didn't come here to listen to your political bullshit. I didn't pay a hundred plus dollars for a ticket to listen to some, you know, political rant in between songs. It's like, just, you know, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> play. Do, do it like you do in you my know, car. Just play the music. People are, tr- yeah. People are trying to escape that shit. Yeah. Come on. You know, they're trying to remove it from their lives just for a little bit. And they're big fans of you. That's why they paid all this money to come see you. Cause it not only, you know, for your music, but you know, they're a big fan. And that's the, that's the last thing I want to see. Well, and, yeah. And, uh, that, and that too, like, I also like, don't care what an artist, like a musician in that sense, like what their political views are, because even if they're opposite my views on stuff, which is totally fine. Like I'm, I'm, I like having like open dialogue about whatever, kind of why we do the show. But, but, um, even if they're opposite my views on stuff, I like them because of their music. Like, I don't like them because of whatever fucking shit they're talking about. I don't care. You know, I like it because wait, their music gets me in a special mood or whatever, you know? Are you, are you telling me that you didn't care about what the Cottonmouth King said in between songs? <laughs> no. Come on, dude. All that, all this, all like the, the stage rant stuff. Like, it's cool. You know, I like, I mean, some of it's obviously for a show part. I understand that, but when they Even go a off, shout out to Godmouth King. Yeah, right. But <laughs> but when they go off on it, like you know, like you go to a Rage Against the Machine concert, you expect them to say, you know, maybe between songs, maybe they're doing some little thing about because they're a political band, right? They're a political band, they're activists and stuff like that. That makes sense because that fits their genre. But I'm talking right. about you go to see like I don't know, I don't even know the music today because I don't. I listen to stuff from the '90s, but still, but. But like, you know, you look at some, whoever's the cool pop star or rock, light rock star, whatever they call them now. And, and, and they're talking about something and I'm like, what? That doesn't fit your, br- what are you doing? Just play your music, you know? Show why everybody had to pay a hundred, like you said, show why everybody had to pay a hundred bucks to get here, you know? Well, yeah, it's kind of like, you know, say for instance, you know, Rage Against the Machine was a perfect example. You know, they're a political kind of, not only are they a musically driven, you know, band, they are a politically driven band, which is part of the draw to them, not only are they freaking, you know, awesome, but and they were very political and you expected that, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't like a sneak in surprise. If, you know, Zach De La Roca just, you know, started talking, you know, his personal politics or what, you know, his outlooks were on certain things. That's just, that was part of it. And you respected it because you knew it was going to happen. But, um, and cause our music was just, that was, that, that's probably one of my favorite but if you, bands like, ever. We'll use, yeah, sorry to interrupt you, but no, we'll good. use the nineties again as an example. But if you went to like say uh I don't know, fucking Limp Biscuit show and Fred Dirk started going off about like politics, it's like, dude, shut the fuck up and just sing and just you know, do your thing, man. Well you like, guys are talented. I, I, and I I'm not trying to out I'm not trying to talk crap about Fred Dirks. I'm just saying I was just maybe that was a bad example, but it was just, you know, there are certain bands you expected, some you know, just you don't, but you know that going into it. And then, like, if I'm going to go see, I don't know, uh, who's a good example? Like, uh, if I was going to go see, uh, I don't know, like, say back in the we use 90s again, I was going to see Soundgarden. You know, I, I don't want to hear political rants. It's just like, just, you guys are awesome musicians and, you know, just, play <laughs> well that was that was the difference like rage because what they did is they obviously you know 
in my opinion, play like some of the best music ever. And they play like this awesome music that gets you hooked in because it's right. just, it's just like in your face, like boom, boom, boom music. And then, and then they also talk about when you read, read the lyrics and, and, and then obviously see them perform, then they talk about the other stuff, but that all comes with it and they don't change. They don't, they don't talk about, you know, bullshit government shit. And then in their next song, talk about a flower or something. You know what I mean? They don't, they don't do that. They, they're always, this is their, this is their thing. It's hard fucking music. It's fucking badass. And this is what they do. And this is their thing. And, you know, take it or leave it, whatever. But this is what they're doing, you know? So, and like I was right. saying, uh, like I was saying Soundgarden, you know, it's like Soundgarden was a band that you maybe didn't really expect that from, which is kind of ironic because then, you know, Chris Cornell, God bless him. Yeah. You know, when both bands split up, you know, three members of, uh, you know, Rage Against the Machine hooked up with one member of Soundgarden, which then formed Audio Slave, right. which I know you didn't really, you, you were, you were, you were kind of on the fence with because you, yeah, I didn't, the I didn't, Rage sound. Mm-mm. But I thought the two sounds together were awesome. You know? Yeah. And some people did. That's, and that's cool. Like, I'm not knocking anybody that liked Audio Slave. I just, to me, like, when Rage broke up, that was like horrible, um, <laughs> in my opinion. And then obviously, Chris Cornell has such a unique singing style, which is great, but to me didn't match with these th- other three guys who are playing this like hardcore music, whereas he's more, I don't know, like a mix of that and melodic kind of stuff. And, uh, right. and, and then, so it was just, it just didn't work for me. Now I'm not, obviously people you know, had great success with it and they did that stuff, you know, and just the same thing they did. Um, uh, what's it with uh, rage uh, again, three of the rage guys, except for Zach, um, and they hooked up with uh, Be Real and uh, Send Dog. No, was it Be Real, Send Dog, and um, Chuck D? Was that the right guys? Yeah. Is that the right ones? And, yeah, they, it was and Chuck they did D. Prophets of Rage. Some of those right. songs were great. I liked some of those songs, and then some of them I didn't like because it, some of them worked well because you can kind of do that, that background music with hard rap and kind of make it sound cool, and then sometimes it didn't mesh right. You know what I mean? So I was, and now I'm obviously thrilled to hear that like, Rage is back, and they're you know going to eventually go back on tour once all this other nonsense goes away with COVID stuff. So, so that's cool, right? But it's like you know, like one of my favorite bands of all time is Red Hot Chili Peppers, and um, oh yeah, you know, and it, I mean, four of the most fantastic you know musicians ever, in my opinion. Um, but you know, you go to you go to a concert like that to escape, you know, and you're just gonna feel the music. And I don't think, I mean, and I don't think I have ever been to a uh, Chili Pepper show where I heard like, you know, it got all political. You know, you just don't expect it. It's you know, it's, you're there to have a good time. They know it, you know it. You put on a great show, and that's it. Yeah, like, yeah. Can you imagine like going to like like a Blink One Eighty Two concert or something and hearing them talk political? <laughs> it wouldn't make any sense, you know. So, well, I don't know because uh, apparently. Uh, Tom DeLonge is like really big into uh, the whole UFO thing. So that's yeah, like that's, his, uh, which is kind of cool. That's yeah, not, yeah, 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 but I, I, I don't know if I consider cool. that political. No, I'm not saying it's not no, cool. No, no, but it's, it's, you know, I think it's, uh, I think it's pretty cool because it's one of those things where he's been in, I guess, into it for so long since he was a kid. And now he's actually in the mix as yeah, far as. Yeah, I don't know if he should have left the band for it, though. That was because the, the new blink, uh, in my opinion, is horrible. I don't know if you've listened to it at all, but like if you if you watch them in con like stuff, I've never seen a show with them. I mean, I've seen Blink Blink One Eight, the original Blink One Eight Two. I've seen in concert a couple times, but but when you watch their new one, I'm like, ugh. Well, I mean, ugh. apparently, apparently, uh, what I heard through the grapevine is the original, like you know, Tom DeLonge's gonna come back to the band. Yeah, that's what they. Keep I, I don't know what the they truth, leave but, it open. Yeah, but wasn't I think uh, Mark Hoppus was like 
battling some health issues. Yeah, he had cancer. While there. Yeah, he, did he? Yeah, he did have cancer and he, he beat it. That I don't sucks. remember what He beat it though, I believe. I think that's that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. You so know, they're talking about maybe getting it. back together. Yeah. Cause they were they were a great band, but the new guy who who I guess is like a because it's kind of like the same thing with Rage. Like, you know, Zach De La Rocha, Tom DeLong, both of those people um have very unique voices. And right. obviously in Rage Guns Machine, if you don't you can't you could they tried putting in like you know, be real and send off for Cypressilla who are obviously great artists in themselves, but they can't, they can't do that. Like that's they're, they're close, but they're not that, you know what I mean? Not saying they're not good right. or anything like that, but they can't, they can't do that same thing. So it didn't work. Um, as far as being raged, now they go off and do other projects. Sure. But, um, and same thing with blink, like you have, you know, but there you have a duo, you have Mark Hoppus and Tom DeLong, but when you take Tom DeLong out, you, you that, that, and the other guy doesn't have that same sound. So it's like a little off. It just doesn't, to me, it doesn't work, you know? So, but now, I mean, you, good for uh, them to try to keep doing stuff, I guess. Yeah. Now, did you, uh, did you end up doing anything for a uh, good old Super Bowl Sunday? Uh, absolutely not. I worked, I did not even watch the Super Bowl this year. Like, that's how yeah. little I give a shit about the Super Bowl. I don't care. Like, I just, I don't know. I get, get annoyed with like, you know, I don't the know. The hype. Yeah, just like, this hype and it's just like, who cares? And I don't know. So, and normally, no, I, a lot of times, I don't know. I didn't even know what the score was or who won because, like I said, I don't care. But, but like when I was younger and you'd watch the Super Bowl, so many of them were blowouts, you know, where it just well, was I mean, like I this think, a horrible game. There's a few good, great games in there, but a lot of them are bull. You know? I think, uh, and this is going to show our age here, I think the last time this is going to really, you know, show some time. I think the last time I was really interested in the NFL was back in the day when, you know, when Montana and Jerry Rice were the dynamic duo, man. I mean, that 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 shows some age right there. But I mean, that's uh, I'm being honest when I say that. Yeah. I just don't I don't have any interest anymore. And I think in my mindset was like, okay, cool, the Super Bowl's over. Now we can focus on hockey season. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing too. Like they changed they changed so many rules, and, and like the NFL now is is a totally uh, the way they've made the game. It's a totally offensive game. Like all yeah. the penalties are geared against the defense for the most part. So you like, you can't hit the quarterback anymore. You can't, you know, God, God help you. If you like breathe on Tom Brady wrong or something like that, or, you know, whatever. Right. Like you can't, you can't do that stuff. So it kind of makes the game. I don't know. just kind of wishy-washy and stuff like that. And, and then the same thing with me with the NBA. It's like, I don't watch the NBA either because it's just like the same thing. It's like all they're doing is fouling each other and they don't, they don't go after anything. They're traveling all the time, but it's all about the hot dogs doing their hot dog stuff all the time. And I just not into that. That's not, not something I want to waste my time watching. You know, like I want to watch people trying like the That's why I said the college level is fun because they're trying to get to that level. And if they don't get there, they're just nothing They're Well, they're not nothing, but you know what I mean? They're not going to be that level and they have to go and be like a normal person, get a normal person job, you know, but, but if they make it, then they make millions of dollars. So I totally get that trying to get there. But when then a lot of times, once they get there, it's just like, it's boring after a while. I don't know. I just don't like, 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 what are we going to do? It's, you know, I, I totally see like, what are we going to do in like 10 years? Like the NFL is going to be like flag football because you can't hit anybody anymore. And even in college are kind of taking away some of that stuff too, you know, where they do different rules and stuff like that. And it's just like, okay, it is football, you know, like it is supposed to be physical. You did sign up for it. You're not forced to play. Like, you know, like I grew up playing hockey, uh, ice hockey. So it's hard for me to hear people be like, well, we really need to worry about safety. Meanwhile, I took a puck in the neck as a goalie with no padding there at 80 miles an hour and couldn't breathe for three minutes. And then fucking 
ended up on the bench where I couldn't breathe and then finally got back in the net and finished practice. Like got knocked out a couple of times as a goalie and got right back in and finished practice. Like, you know, like that, that stuff that how I played sports, you know, like I'm playing cause I want to be there. I'm not playing it cause I'm scared of getting hit or scared of whatever. That's not, well, if you're like that, you just don't play that sport, which is fine. Well, I'm just going to put that. it out there. I, I think it's because people are, I mean the culture anyway, and I'm talking about culture, the culture in general. Everything has just gotten so sensitive now. Everybody, like not everybody, but a, a, a huge part of the population has just gotten so ultra sensitive to where it just carries into everything. Yeah. And um, yeah, I can see, I can definitely see in the future, like sports like football and hockey, you know, becoming just, you know, the kind of gentler versions, and it's, which is going to, in, in my opinion, just take the spirit right out of it. Well, it's like, I even told this, my, um, my wife, when we lived in the DC area, um, she had never been, uh, she had never been to a, she'd been to college hockey games when she was in college, but she'd never been to a professional ice hockey game, like NHL ice hockey game. So of course I took her to the caps cause I've been to the caps for, you know, big Washington Capitals fan, uh, went there all when I was a kid, used to have like partial plan where we got like 11 games a year of tickets and stuff like that, plus all the playoff games and everything. And did that all the time, like for years and your decades. And so, of course, I took her to a Caps game, and this is when Ovechkin was there. So now the tickets, instead of being like a hundred bucks, would put you on the glass. Now it's two fifty to get you on the glass, or whatever, you know. <laughs> so, which is fair because they they're a better product now than they were then. But it was funny, and she was like, she's like, oh, you don't you don't like you know we were going to it and stuff, and she's like, oh, you don't you don't like going to games as much anymore. I was like, um, the old Cap Center was really cool, the one that was in Landover. I was like, that was cool. oh yeah, that was like a smelly gross arena and then everybody was smoking in the concourse and stuff back in the day when you could smoke and it was like i didn't smoke but i mean it was just that it just smelled like an ice rink that's what it smelled like i go playing hockey like locker rooms are not couches and luxurious in there it's it's a locker room you know and um and it was awesome i like that i like that raw feel like you said uh you go to the verizon center the mci center capital one whatever they are now um and i told her i said yeah when you get there you're gonna see what we're talking about we sat like upper deck you know because that's the seats that we can afford so i took her there and uh we sat there and she's like what do you mean i was like oh you're gonna see some fucking people you're gonna see people in suits how what the fuck are you doing coming wearing a suit to a hockey game but it's because they have all these people in dc who don't know anything about hockey going because it's an event you know it's like it's like when you watch like you see a lakers game on tv and you see all the celebrities on on the celebrity row there you know what i mean they're all there they may not necessarily, I'm sure some of them like basketball, but there's a lot of them there who don't like basketball. They're just there because that's the place to be. That's the place to be seen, right? So you have the same thing at a Caps game. Even in the nosebleed seat, you'll have it. And sure as shit, we're sitting in our seats. Like I said, upper row, or upper deck, you know, I don't know, we'll say 10th row or something like that. And, um, you know, you can see everything great. In those new arenas, you can see everything from any seat anyway. It doesn't really matter. Um, and uh, you sit there, and this guy comes in in a suit with a girl who's dressed up nicely as well. Like they're obviously in their office attire. You know, and she's coming in and she has no fucking idea what sport is even probably being played on the ice down below. Like she doesn't know anything. Like she's like, oh, touchdown, pass the ball. You know, like you're like, what the fuck are you here for? (laughs) You know, but those are the people that piss me off because they they drive up these prices for the actual hockey fans that want to be there. You know what I mean? So that 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 kind of sucks, too, in that sense. Now, the game itself hasn't has changed a little bit in ice hockey. Um, it's faster and more goals and stuff like that, but they still keep fighting in. They still, you know, there's still all the checking and all like that. If they ever turn off like checking and fighting, then I think it'll just go away. What's well, I point. think you're, I think you're absolutely right. You know, me also growing up in the DC area and, and uh, loving the cap center and missing it. Uh, 
I think one of the turning points was when they, they built, well, then when it was first built, it was the MCI Center, um, which is right there. It was right there in Chinatown, which then became the Verizon Center, which is now the Capital One Arena. Yeah. Um, I think that was a big one. It was a game changer because, I mean, it was a lot closer. Oh, yeah. It's, be- um, it's Yeah, it's a phenomenal it, building. It's but, a phenomenal venue. Phenomenal for concerts, location. For hockey games. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's unbelievable. But like you said, one of the things that I noticed, and you and I, both being hockey fans since we were kids, especially growing up around D.C., um, you know, when Caps was just on, like, you know, channel – like, when you want to watch the Caps game, it was on one channel, which was, like, back then, Channel 20. Yeah, or Home Team you know, Sports. Uh, right, and uh, back when, like, Langway still played without a helmet. Fuck, and, yeah, uh, number five, baby. And, but uh, it was uh, it was a different – like, let me ask you if you, uh, if you had the same response when you were a kid because you used to play too. And um, this, the thing I've noticed now, especially how you were saying that there's like a new generation of hockey fans that like really that's going to an event, you know, and uh, like you see it on Facebook all the time, all these people that are like season ticket holders now or they get tickets through their jobs and, uh, you know, they're, you know, like, let's go Caps. It, it, it's, it's like it's almost comical because some of the same people that used back in the day that used to say, why do you, why do you like hockey? Are the same people that are going to games religiously now. Yeah. I, on one hand, that's cool because, you know, maybe they, they finally saw what we always saw. Right. That it's a great sport. But, and also, so, yeah. Right. Which I think is phenomenal because it just brings a whole new crowd and it's awesome, you know, and, and it heightens the sport. I love that. But then you see certain people like you were talking about that it's an event. They really don't know what's going on and they just go to hang out. What you, they, that's what you want to do, you know, more power to you. But, uh, it, I just think it's kind of funny. Well, I don't, I don't have a problem with anybody. Like I will take anybody to a hockey game and teach them the game. Like not, we're obviously not going to learn everything in like three hours, but, but like I have no problem going to a game and explaining to your friend, your girlfriend, whatever that, that like, Hey, you know, Hey, what's, I don't understand what's going on. And then you're like, okay, here's the rules. They have to go in here. They have to get the puck has to go in the zone first. And they, and they do cycles and stuff like that. And they're waiting for the guy to be open and they take the shot, you know, like that, like, and you can teach them what they're doing and stuff like that. And you, and then once they understand the game and they can start tracking the puck, that's the other thing. Um, right. That, then, then the game becomes actually, especially if you're in the nosebleed seats, which normally you want to sit lower in sports, but in hockey, if you sit up high, you can actually see the whole thing. Like, like I used to go with my when I went to my wife, we went to a few games, and then even on TV, sometimes you can watch it, where the game, the play on TV is going to the right of your screen, and I'm watching Tom Wilson get ready to brawl in the left hand corner. You barely see it, but you can you just I'm watching that stuff in the you know because I'm watching the whole game. I because I grew up playing ice hockey since I was eight, so like I'm I I, I watch and as a goalie, as a goalie, you watch you're like goalie's kind of like the quarterback of a hockey team. I mean you're watching. You're out there every game. You're the whole game. You don't ever sub and, and unless you get pulled or whatever. And, and you get pelted. Yeah, you're getting pelted, but you're watching the game. So like when the puck, <laughs> you're watching it all develop. You're, there's a lot more to it. And so I have no problem explaining it to people. So I don't mind people coming to games that don't know what's going on. But the ones that don't know what's going on don't care to learn and are just there because it's, you know, the hot ticket or whatever. Those people kind of, to me, ruin the... Not all the time, but sometimes ruin the thing for us. Now, the people that were annoying sitting next to us or in front of us, whatever it was, with my wife that one time, they were not annoying other than listening to her, that lady, talk. 
she just because not not listening to her talk, but just the stuff she was saying, I was like, did she just say touchdown? Oh my fucking god! You know what I mean? Like, like, <laughs> like uh, you know what I mean? Because like the, even the nosebleed seats are you know now they're a hundred bucks or eighty bucks or whatever. You know, I don't remember what they were back then, but you know what I mean? Like they're expensive, so you know you're paying a lot of money, and there's probably someone else that wanted to be at that game. You know, I think we went uh, to a, I, I think we might have gone to a playoff game. I don't remember. It was a long time ago, but but I was just like. You know, there's probably some other person who really wanted to go to a game who couldn't afford that ticket, and maybe you could, you know, maybe they could have got it. I don't know. You know what I mean? And better than these people coming for just like, like you said, I used to work at a bank. Um, shout out to Telebank that got bought out by E Trade. I worked with them um, in Arlington, and we had like what you said, we had uh, glass seats. Right. So you put your name in a pool, and then um, if you won, or they picked someone every, I guess every game, and you got if you won that one, you got four seats on the glass like right at the right on the fucking glass. And then um, at about the blue line, it was right around the blue line area, uh, which was awesome. Cause you could like be there and like, you know, see everything and be in that, like that's the be- one of the best spots to me sitting in the rink. But, um, and then if you, and then they also had force free seats, same game, but you don't, but obviously you wouldn't win both of them. You'd win one, like I won the four seat seats on the glass once. And then you also had um, four free, four free seats in the 200 section. Um, which I don't know if they still do it, but when we went there in the 200 section was a section where they have the referee guys walking around and they're like your little Butler people. So you sit there and you just, the guy comes over. He's like, Hey, what, what can I get you? And I'm like, uh, I'll take a nachos and like a beer and a hot dog. And he's like, okay. And then he goes and gets it, brings it to your hands, it to you. And you just pay on it. Like back then it was high, high tech. Cause he had like the hanging low, like credit card machine thing on his belt. And he would just, you'd pay him right there. You know, this is obviously a long time ago. I know that's not exciting now, but it was cool because they like would bring the stuff to you. Like you didn't have to get up and go wait in line and all that stuff. So that was like the 200 section. That was pretty ritzy, you know, and I've sat in the, and I've been up in the boxes a couple of times with my friend who was, uh, whose dad was. Well, that's the other thing. That's a lot of these businesses now, like uh, they have, you know, there are these box, you know, these box holders, you know, at these arenas, you know, so it's, uh, you know, a lot of the people, it's, it's so easy for a lot of, if you work for certain companies now or certain businesses to, you know, have access to these boxes or, or, you know, a lot of these businesses are season ticket holders too, to where, you know, you know, employees, like you were saying, have easy access to tickets. And, um, uh, that I'm not going to lie. That's how I've gotten tickets before. Yeah. And, um, not only for hockey, but also for baseball. Yeah. But, um, but no, it's, it's just, just, uh, and I'm like, I'll be the first to admit that, you know, as long as I've been a hockey fan, I mean, there's still not everything that I know about hockey. I mean, I still learn something new every time I watch games. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's just one of those things, you know, you, or there are certain things you forget, you know, because if you're not, if you're not playing it all the time or, you know, constantly watching it all the time or, you know, it's just, just the certain things you forget yep. at least for me, or there's certain things that, oh yeah, I forgot about that or, oh shit, I never knew that, you know, it's yeah. just, it's just. But it's it's uh I just I've always been when it comes to sports I've always been more of a fan on sports that have a constant pace such as ice hockey such as rugby such as uh, you know even basketball more college basketball or or you know football or yeah. as we say it in the states soccer not. <laughs> NFL football. I'm talking about real football. Yeah, yeah. Football Americana. Soccer. Yeah. Right. Which is the the, the number one sport on the planet. Yeah. Um, you know, I've always 
because it's it's a constant pace to where it's constant action. You know, I, I've I've always kind of looked at, you know, especially professional professional football, like NFL. You know, and even college to a certain extent, it, it's it's there's too much stop and go. Yeah, that well, that's that's funny you said that because go ahead. I'm sorry. It's like a violent game of chess, which I, I don't you know I think it's great, but I, I just get I get so freaking tired of the stop and go, the pauses, the timeouts. It's just like it's like and you know a, a game that's supposed to be you know four quarters, you know, seems like it's twenty. Yeah, it's like come the it's like come the fuck on, man. It's like this is ridiculous, and, it, and then it becomes just. A, and it also becomes a strategy of you know calling timeouts at the right time, and you know pulling certain players out, you know during that timeout, and you know stopping the clock, and you know it, it, it's like just fucking play. Yeah. Well, that that's that's and, yeah go yeah go ahead sorry. No, no, that's that's the only that's the big thing. Um, and when I say that, people say, "Well, why do you like baseball?" Then it's like. It's like that's a good question. That yes, I hate it. Yeah, but baseball, I don't know what it is. It 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 relaxes me, kind of like how some people say playing golf or even watching golf relaxes them. Yeah, watching baseball for me, it relaxes me for some reason. I can't explain it. It just does. Yeah, I enjoyed playing baseball like when I was a kid. Like I never played in a league or anything, but just playing, you know, in the neighborhood stuff. That was always fun, but. And obviously I had baseball cards when I was little and, you know, it was into all that stuff, but, and I've been to a a few baseball games, but I remember like when I was like, I don't remember, I want to say I was teenagers or maybe not, maybe I was 12 or something. And my parents are there from Minnesota. So we were up in Minnesota visiting my grandmother and my dad and his, and his, my uncle, you know, his brother, um, his brother lived up there and uh, we went to a twins game. And uh, so I was like, they were like, hey, you want to go to a Twins game? And I was like, I'd never been Minnesota. to a baseball game. Yeah, I'd never been to a baseball game before. A professional one. I've been to like minor league ones. Right. But I'd never been there. So I was like, oh, that'd be awesome. Like go to the Metrodome. Like this is back when they had the Metrodome and stuff. And uh, I was like, cool. And Kirby Puckett was there. Like he was like a legend. And like I had his baseball cards, of course, because I was a kid. And he was epic. And I went up there. And um, Scott Erickson, who became later an Orioles pitcher, um, was there. He was on the opposing team. I don't remember what team he was on. I don't remember who they played. I don't remember. And he actually threw a no hitter that game, which in baseball is like a big deal. You know, it's like getting a shutout in hockey or whatever, right? That game was so fucking boring. Because <laughs> literally, like, like you said, you're just watching. Uh, first of all, it's a no hitter, you know. And, and it, it was just like watching this stuff, and I'm like, oh my god. And then I remember like they did like the seventh inning stretch, and like my my uncle got up, and you know, you stretch, you know, like you stand up, and like whatever. That's what you're supposed to do, I guess. And um. And I was like, oh, God, fuck yes, we're leaving. And they're like, like, no, we're going to do three more innings. I'm like, three more innings? It's like, Jesus Christ. And that's funny you said the other thing about the nonstop because that's why I played hockey. Because when I grew up as a kid, I played um, soccer, like every little kid does. So I played soccer, and I was like a defenseman, and I was horrible. And then I played goalie, and I was an all-star goalie in soccer. And then... um, and then I started doing, learning how to, I wanted to learn how to ice skate because I saw hockey. I thought that was kind of cool. So I learned how to ice skate and then, and then um, went, took lessons and stuff like that. And then, and then eventually I started playing in like these like, like hockey clinic league things where it's not, you're not really playing, but you're sort of, you're a little kid. I was eight, obviously. And, um, and, then, and then one day our goalie wasn't there. So they asked who wanted to be a goalie. So I was like, fuck it, I'll do it. And they had gear at the rink that you could put on and use to borrow basically. And for goalie gear. And so I put on some of the goalie gear and I had to take my forward stick and flip it backwards because I didn't have a goalie stick. And, um, 
and I play goalie. And, and then I, you know, I had fun, like whatever. And then I got off the ice and I was taking all my shit off and my dad's helping me take my, I was like eight. So my dad's helping me like take my skates off and stuff like that. And, um, and all these parents were coming by. They're like, wow, you're, you're, you're really good. And I was like, oh, okay, thanks. You know, like I didn't, I was just out there having fun, you know? And that's when I started being like, okay, I think I want to, I told my dad, I was like, I think I want to do hockey. And then he's like, all right. And then, so I started doing hockey and then getting into goaltending and hockey and then doing goaltending and soccer. And the difference in goal size in soccer and hockey is dramatically like massively different. Like, I don't know how big a soccer goal is, but you know, it's like 10 feet or something or 20 feet or something and a hockey goal six by four. (laughs) So it's really hard to do both because your, your measurements are, you you know, your angles are all different. So I gave up thing. And then I, my dad was like, Oh, why do you want to do hockey? Like eventually when it became down to make a choice, you know, why do you want to just do hockey? I was like, I was like, yeah, I like hockey because they never stop moving. Yeah. Because even when the whistle blows and the play, you know, they definitely have stoppages to play in hockey, but when they do, I can still like skate around. I could still right. like do that. And, and it was, and it was just, it was something I liked because hockey is like one of the only sports it might be the only sport um, where you can shift on the fly. So you can change players. Substitutions are on the fly. They don't stop play to sub. You can, so you can ch- sub at a stoppage play of course too. But that's why like a lot of people don't know, like NHL shifts are 35, 40 seconds. That's it. And then they're swapping out guys. And they're, you know, and they're jumping all over the boards and the other guys are jumping on back into the bench. And, and that's one of the things I loved about it. And like, even, even when I played all the way up to like travel hockey, when I was a senior in high school, like even then, like every time the, the game stopped, I, there was, I made this my ritual to stay mentally focused was like every time the, the whistle blew for whatever reason, I would go, I'd be in goal, of course, and I'd go out to the face-off dot to the left or the right side, whatever side I wanted to. And I'd skate, do a little, little circle thing around the dot and then come back right. to my goal crease. Just to right. not pay attention to all the other riffraff, not listen to people chat, chit, chit, you know, people chit chat, just like in every other sport, and just stay focused, you know, and kick ass. And um, yeah, that's one thing I like because I had people ask me. I was I was six three, two twenty in high school, and you know, people were like, oh, you should play football, and you know, because I love playing football with my friends. Obviously, like on Friday nights, we go play hockey or football with friends at the park with everybody out there and stuff, and full tackle football. And I liked it, but I was like, yeah. But then you just run a play for eight seconds, and you just stand there for a minute. <laughs> Well, that's and that's it's funny you say not that. Saying, remember, not saying football's not cool, but you know, but oh no, because I remember when I first started high school. Um, I remember when I was in junior high. You know, there were, you know, I was like, yeah, I'll play football. You know, when I start high school next year, whatnot. And then of course, you know, when when the the next year came, and I was more interested in riding waves and surfing instead of you know doing that you know that kind of i you know i had like um i think it was my science teacher you know he'd, he'd say yeah you know because i was tall as well you know and I mean, I mean i was back then i wasn't big by any means you know but i was i was in good shape but i wasn't like you know i was probably six foot you know back then six foot 160 pounds you weren't, but, you um, weren't ripped yet man dude i was i was a Fucking lanky ass beanpole. No, but anyway, uh, <laughs> I, you know my my, my my uh science teacher, who was also one of the football coaches, was like, you know, hounding me. He's like, hey man, it's like uh, he pulled me aside in class, like, so you, you gonna play ball? What's up? I'm just like, no. Nah. He's like, why not? I'm like, because I'm like, you know, uh, I'm practicing for this contest you know and he's he's like oh okay let me know if you change mind i'm like all right of course i ended up failing the first year of high school because all i was doing was like my whole mindset was you know riding waves yeah yeah i I can relate to that and that and that you know but uh you know it's just just uh but at the same time 
I was never as interested in football because it was it wasn't a constant fluid movement. It was just it was just like I said, it was like playing a, a physical game of chess. Just stop, go, stop, go, stop. Even chess is faster than football. Yeah, because yeah, because every know? play you stop, you reset your pieces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, but uh, shout, but, uh, shout out to the old electronic football game. Well, yeah, and this, and I don't, I don't mean to go on for tangents about sports and whatnot, but there's one thing that I have to address that I've never, I've never understood. <laughs> I'll probably piss a lot of people off by saying this, but it's the truth, at least in my opinion. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong, Jason. When it comes, and you, you know who I'm talking about when I say this, you know what, what type of people I'm talking about. But when it comes to these people out there that are, they're not fans, they're freaking fanatics. Where it's they. You see them in the gym, or you see them at work, or whatever, and they're they're like it's a constant conversation of the game that happened the night before the the upcoming game, and it's just like yeah. they're talking about it with like uh, I guess for back of a letter, lack of a better way of putting it with such passion that it's it, that they get angry about certain <laughs> things, certain aspects of a certain player, or you know, or what they did the last game, or they're not playing up to their fullest potential. And then they've got their fantasy league going on. And then they got this, they got that. They're wearing jerseys with the person's name on the back. You know, it's just like, Hey man, if you want to support the team and you're a fan, I get that. But when you're such a fanatic like that to where it's like, instead of doing this bullshit, why don't you just go find a pickup league somewhere and fucking play the game? Yeah, exactly. You know, I don't, that's what I don't understand. What? Like, it's like I'm a hockey fan. But I'm sorry. If I'm going to be that much of a fan, I'm going to go find some street hockey league somewhere or Ro- some roller, roller hockey, hockey yeah, or some ice like skating league somewhere and play some fucking pickup. Yeah. Well, that, that, those are usually your – that mentality. Those are usually your non-athletes, the ones you're talking about. Like they, they – um, you know, and, and what I mean by non-athletes is, like you said, they don't play the sport. Or, or maybe, maybe they never played a sport, a, 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 a physical sport, you know, because there's lots of sports. Okay, let me rephrase. But, but Danny, you know what I'm talking sport. about. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. They, 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 they talk about it with such, like, some with such anger slash passion. It's just like, it's a, it's a freaking game, dude. Well, well if, you, if you're that passionate about it, go find a pickup league and play yourself. Well, hey, it's like, it's like my, uh, it's like my, um, was it, was it trig or calculus or I can't remember. One of those classes that you had to take in high school, right? And I remember my, uh, I think you took him when you were a junior, if I remember correctly. And one of my teachers, this guy, he was a male teacher. Um, and he, he was awesome because he had, he was a Giants fan, like a New York Giants right. football fan. <laughs> so on his, he, he, we had a, we were in the, one of the trailers at our school because we had overflow of people. So we had like four trailers where they taught classes in there too. And he had his, he loved being in the trailer because the principal didn't come bother him ever and stuff like that. So in, right. his, in his little trailer thing on the back, you know, he has a big picture of Lawrence Taylor breaking Joe Theismann's leg. <laughs> dude, I remember that and game was, like it was yesterday. Yeah, and dude. I was a Redskins fan, so like it was kind of insulting, you know, but at the right. same time it was fucking hilarious because he just was like, he, everybody knew he was a Giants fan and that's fine. He didn't like preach it all the time, but you just knew it. And, um, and it was funny because I'm like, you just have that up there. But anyway, he asked me once, he was like, he's like, uh, he's like, so he's like, man, you play hockey? And I was like, yeah. And he, cause like when I was in high school, uh, I think there were seven of seven of seven of us at our high school, which was grades nine through twelve, that played high school. I mean, that played ice hockey. Um, so we were not we were very very small number, right? Um, nowadays they have like high school ho- ice hockey teams and stuff like that. Like now my high school has ice hockey teams stuff like that. We didn't have that when I was there. So, um, but he's like he's like man, he's like you play hockey, that's awesome. He's like 
what do you like about hockey? And he's like, and, he, and I was like telling him, like, I like, you know, we talked about the moving around and he goes, yeah, but you know, that's a, that's a pretty violent sport. And he goes, and he goes, and he goes, yeah, why do you think it's so violent? And I was like, oh, well, if you know anything about ice rinks, I said back this is back in the day again, too. In the old days, you, to get in an ice rink, you had to be, you know, they open up the ice rink door and you walk onto the ice and then they close the door because it's boards, right? Well, you can't get out of the ice rink. Like there's no handle to open it from the inside. You have to, someone outside has to let you out. And I said, yes, you take, you take, you know, 10 guys plus two goalies. You give them sticks. And you tell them beat the shit out of each other <laughs> until someone wins. And it's like a gladiator mentality. And I said, that's why I love the game, man. And he was like, all right. He's like, fuck yeah. <laughs> and then he was, you know, this is cool. But that's one of the things I liked about it. I like the, like, I like the toughness of the sport, you know? Not that, not, not that there's anything wrong with tennis or golf or, I don't know, name some other sport that's not like highly physical, not physical contact wise. Curling. <laughs> Curling's badass. But, but, but yeah, like those sports like that where it's just like, it's different. Like you see, the, that's what you're saying. Those guys that are like fanatic fans, they would be maybe tennis players or maybe they'd be soccer players because God knows soccer players aren't considered physically tough, you know, considering they flop around all the time when they get touched or blown on, you know? Like, so that's what I'm saying. And then, so those are the people that don't understand, the people that whine about hockey. Like, why is hockey so rough? I'm like, okay, you go put on a stick. You go put on a stick and get whacked like that and checked into the boards and see how you feel, you know? Not only that, but there's a possibility, you know. Pucks you know, in the face. Get, you know, or remember that? I can't remember what game it was. It was back in the 80s where uh, I think it was the 80s. It was the early 90s. I think it was the early 90s. I can't remember what game it was, but the guy got sliced from a skate blade across the yeah. neck. What, I, yeah, I remember it that. It was, like, it, was like 19, it was 1990. Oh, no, Clint Malarchuk. Clint Malarchuk. Yeah, and he used yeah, to, he yeah. used to be he was a goalie for the Caps. Then we traded right. we traded him to Buffalo, and then he got his next his jugular slid open on ESPN in the game because they had right. they had a, they had a big like a, not a brawl but like a thing where everybody fell down kind of in front of the goalie during a play because there was a puck there right. and everything. And then someone's skate went up and hit his neck and and cut his jugular. And then every time his heartbeat, he's just spewing blood out. And meanwhile, because in, in anybody who doesn't know hockey, if you touch the goalie, uh. You're gonna now. When I play goalie, if you touch the goalie, I'm gonna kick your ass. <laughs> like that's how I played. I I led my team in penalty minutes every year. Because the great thing about being a goalie is you can get all the penalties you want. Aside from getting ejected, which I was only ejected once, you never serve your own penalties. Someone else on your team has to serve a penalty. So if I come and stick you in the face, the forward has to go sit out for two minutes or five minutes or whatever. I still play the game, which is a weird thing in that sport, but that's how they had it. So, uh, but anyway. So, and if you, so if you run the goalie, if you touch the goalie or put snow in his face, like when you, the hockey stops right in his face and you, you're doing it to be an ass, you're going to get dealt with in the court. That's what happens every time. That's unwritten rule in hockey. So they had a scrum thing in front of the goalie. The defenseman people didn't like it. They're off in the corner, let's say to the left of the goalie, having a fight, right? Like doing their, you know, talking shit, starting to get ready to fight. Meanwhile, Clint's over in the right-hand corner because he skated out, kind of pushed himself away from the net a little bit. And every time his heart beats, he's just spewing blood. Until finally, like 30 seconds, 40 seconds later, someone looked over and was like, holy shit, you know what I mean? And saw what was going on. Then, of course, everybody was stopped fighting because that's not important anymore. And he needed to get to the hospital immediately, you know? And, uh, and then it's funny because, like you said, because when I was playing hockey, at, I, played, I, was play, I was playing hockey. I was a kid then. Um, as a goalie, you, you, knew, you know, had certain gear. You had to wear regulation goalie stuff. And then, obviously, after that, you had to wear neck protectors. So they either made, they either made like, a lot of the NHL guys you'll see wear, like, not so much anymore. But back in that time, you'd see they were, like, a looks like a, like a old school, like, you got in an auto accident thing that, that Velcro's around your neck. 
Like they called yeah. it, they had a, like a Velcro neck guard with like a little chest pad thing that came and tucked under your chest pad. Or you could either wear that or you could wear a hanging thing off your mask. Um, and so I wore one of the hanging ones off my mask. That's why I like those better. So that's what I wore. Um, but we had to wear that. Like that was the thing. Dude, like, you weren't hardcore, man. Well, you had to wear that. I mean, before you didn't have to have it. Cause, <laughs> well, because no one, no one thought about it. You know what I mean? Right. Because um, the only time I ever got hit in the neck with a hockey puck is when I would, like, I was, it was my fault. I was sitting behind the goal in practice. The other goalie was in because we had two goalies, so we'd swap stuff. And I'm behind the goal because I'm a G, you know. So I'm behind the goal and I put my helmet up on my up, up to my forehead and I'm grabbing my water bottle and taking a swig of water. You know, put my head back, taking a swig of water, and they got nailed. And then the shot came in, hit his blocker. Pat, he made the save, and it ricocheted off his blocker, hit me right in the fucking neck. <laughs> that hurt like a bitch, but but um, but life goes on, you know. Like I glad I didn't die there, I guess. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know how we got on the subject, but yeah, that's what happened. So that was Clint Malarchuk, yeah. Well, no, this is the uh, this is paramedics unscripted sports edition. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. This is our sports edition for sure. Yeah. So that, uh-huh. but that was like one of the things I like. I mean, I like that he got hurt, obviously. But I mean, that, I, I liked hockey because it was like, you know, it's a rough, tough sport, man. And if you don't know, like, that'd be like me trying to tell you what it feels like to be a surfer. I've never surfed in my life, and I'm you know 45 now. So for me to go and tell you like, oh, Bob, yeah, I mean, you just go there. Is you know, you ride the waves, man. That's not really big deal. You know? Like if I told that Whoa. to you, you would tell me to fuck off. Whoa. Just like if you tried to tell me, you know, like, oh, being a hockey player is not tough or, or you don't have to like, it's not a hard sport, you know, <laughs> you know. Like, well, no, I mean, I was, I was uh, growing up, I was uh, more than anything. I was, you know, I was a fight fan. Um, I mean, because, you know, like I've said before in a podcast for growing up ever since I was 15, I mean, like from 15, you know, until many years into the future, I was, you know, I was a, my whole life was martial arts, man. And, um, so I, you know, I was a huge boxing fan when I was younger, especially, especially when, um, when I was getting into my, my older teens and, you know, Mike Tyson first hit the scene and, and Mike Tyson was just like, you know, he just dominated, you know, the heavyweight scene. And, uh, yeah, and that, course, that boy is faster than dominoes, man. He, 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 he right. I'll knock you out in 30 seconds or you can have it. Well, and that's the thing too, is like, he is still pretty much, he has, he was, did some exhibition or some, uh, you know, some fights for charity and he did some training him and, uh, um, some other fighters. And he, I was watching some of his, uh, his training sessions and he is, it's, it's like he never lost his speed with his power. I mean, yeah. he's, he's in his fifties now and he, he's just as fast in my opinion as he was, you know, back in the late eighties, early nineties. I mean, it's just, it's, it's insane to watch. Yeah. I, I still pound for pound. Um, I think if, uh, any heavyweight was to step back into the ring, um, I think the two that I would probably think would would show the most uh you know power as they did when they were still you know in the fight game is is mike tyson and uh as far as heavyweights go is mike tyson you know evander holyfield and david nuno rodriguez you know fighters like that that just uh i mean it was just insane the knockout records that you know that they had it was just yeah i don't don't understand why now though they'd want it like i I saw those videos of tyson training because he was talking about maybe doing like some sort of an event or whatever. And, right. I, was just, and I was like, uh, first of all, mad respect. I would never talk trash about Mike Tyson, 
But like he's so successful in his like weed farm business now and all that stuff that like and he's obviously Plus, he's got a massively successful. Yeah, he's got a podcast. He did the weed yeah. farm. He's he's a massively successful. Like you know, definitely one of the best boxers I've ever seen in my lifetime. Um, if not if not the best, you know. And and um, I just don't know if he if it's worth like you know the risk like of getting hurt now at this age at his age. You know, not saying he can if he doesn't want to, but like I mean, can you imagine getting hit by Tyson? And then, and then now, then respect to Tyson. Now, let's say you're fighting Holyfield or something like like he's probably fairly just as powerful. You know what I mean? You know, I don't. I'm not a big boxing stat guy, but I imagine they both punch really hard. Well, the cool <laughs> thing is, the cool thing is, uh, Tyson and Holyfield are very close friends now. You know, and yeah. uh, I think that's awesome. Especially, you know, there was that controversy, you know, in the mid to late '90s when the uh, you know Tyson bit Holyfield's ear off. Yeah. And, you know, all that, all that controversy and everything behind it and everything surrounding it. And, uh, but now, I mean, they're, they're close friends. But some of that too, you have to remember in sports, a lot of, no, I'm not saying their situation was like this, but there are a lot of situations where the sports rivalries are, are more like a media thing. For instance, like, right. like in high ice hockey, um, Ovechkin and Crosby are good friends. But if you, right. if, when it comes, you know, when the playoffs come up in a couple months here and, you know, I, I, like you know, and let's say the Caps and the Penguins get to play um, in in a series, um, you know they're going to be talking all the schmack about how you know blah blah blah, blah you know they hate each other, blah, you know, and then you know the next thing you know you see them hanging out drinking a beer afterwards and stuff, you know, because it's it's funny because it's like when I played ice hockey, like I said, I I was uh, I was known as like a pretty much of a brute even though I was a goalie, and um, and it was really funny because like obviously sometimes you know you'd have to destroy people in a game and stuff for different reasons. And, um, and then it was funny. Cause like, I remember like one time, my, my, my buddy was, um, my, my buddy who was a friend of mine, he was a defenseman on my team and we used to ride together all the time. And he, I, I goalies take forever to get undressed or dressed. Cause we have a lot more equipment to put on. So he's out outside waiting. And a lot and more stank. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. There's definitely stank there, but, uh, you gotta spray that shit down. Yeah. <laughs> we have to do it. Uh, yeah, to wash it like a bathtub and shit. Like, yeah, it's horrible. But um, and then the gloves, the gloves you can't ever wash. So like those are just, nah. those are just rank. Um, uh, but anyway, so I get undressed. Whenever I go out, I see him up top of this. Uh, we played at Mount Vernon Ice Rink, which was where the Caps used to practice back in the day. And uh, going up the staircase, and I see him up there with this guy. And and then he leaves because I'm getting closer. He leaves, and then I go to my friend, and we get in the car, and we're getting ready to roll. And he goes, I go, oh, what was that? What was that guy talking about? And he goes, oh, that was the guy uh, from the other team that you beat up. <laughs> and I was like. Uh, and he was talking to me and then he saw you coming and he was like, Oh shit. That, he goes, wait, you're riding with the goalie. And he <laughs> said, yeah, he goes, Oh, I got to get out of here. And then my buddy goes, no, 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 man. It's cool. Once you're off the ice, he's cool. <laughs> because like, I didn't, I don't, you know, kind of like what you said, like, I don't like you said with Tyson and Vander Holyfield, like, you know, like when you're in the battle, that's the battle. When the battle's over, like, yeah, we can go drink beers together, hang out, whatever, you know? Right, you know, but it's because it, after that, it, it, after like that, said, it's, it's camaraderie. A, it's, a, it's a gladiator mentality. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was On like that, well, that was like one of my favorite things. Like when I played travel hockey, because travel hockey, right. if we if we went to an away game, uh, we had to wear a a a, a, a shirt and tie. Right. Okay, our coach made us. You had to wear like dress pants, dress shoes, and a shirt and a tie. And in hockey games, for people that don't know, you you get there like you know hour hour and a half early. Um, because like you said, you have to get in there, you have to get undressed, you have to unpack your bag, you have to do it because you, you know, you're not on a team where they're you're like the caps, they do it all for you. You're not doing that. So, um, so we get there and that was my most favorite part of playing like travel hockey was like, you go to these rinks, away rinks, 
So you're in at someone else's house and you're standing at the glass because there's usually a game going on before you, whatever. And you're like standing there watching that for a little while or something. And then these other guys come up and you know, you don't know them. So, you know, they're on the other team that you're about to play and you're just sitting there talking to them, you know, and then you're, right. you're in like a suit, shirt and tie and they're in whatever you know, scrub clothes they want, you know, whatever they're wearing. I'm not judging what they're dressed is, but they're just wearing their clothes and you're just looking at them like, I'm going to beat the living shit out of you in like an hour. <laughs> and then and it was just fun. And then of course, when you're done, you just put back on your clothes and you're civilized and you come back out of there. And it was really fun. I don't know. I miss that stuff, man. But yeah, that's, that's my thing with sports, man. That's my thing with sports. Well, yeah, on that note, uh, I guess since we are paramedics unscripted, we have to talk something uh, paramedical. See, I yeah. just did a, I just did a, uh, a George W. Bush thing, or I made up a word. Paramedical. Uh, paramedical. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like uh, how you make up words like uh, strategitory. Just or, strategitory. Or Arakistan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. No, man. I think I think uh, one of the things that isn't talked about enough in uh, this line of work. And it's, it, and it's a, it's easy to fall into because of the scheduling and uh, just sheer convenience and time is how a lot of people in this line of work have the poorest diet habits. Yeah. Which that compared to the stress with the job, can be a recipe for disaster for some people. And, uh, it's, I, you know, I've seen it with multiple, multiple people that I work with over the years that, uh, I, I, I watch what they eat and I'm like, are, are you serious, dude? It's like, well, it, it, and it's not only a lot of it happens because if you're, if you're at a department where you're so, you're so busy, especially on the EMS side where let's, let's face it, you, you know, no disrespect towards a lot of departments, but a majority of the call volume, at least 85% are going to be emergency medical calls. Yeah, true. And, um, you know, when you're at a busy department or a busy station within that department and you get in that groove to where you grab something because you might not have that chance for a while and you got to eat. A lot of that, a lot of people, you know, I mean, you, you rely on the convenience stores, you rely on the fast food places, you know, because you're passing by them all the time. Shout out to Wawa. Yeah. Oh, Wawa. For those of you who don't know what Wawa is, it's or if you know what, it's a fill-up station slash convenience store slash deli slash, I mean, it's just, you know, slash, it's like if, if you know what a Sheets is, you know, or something like that, or just a, like a, just a massive gas station, you know, slash convenience store slash eatery. I mean, they've, they've got like the best breakfast burritos and sandwiches and, and what now they have like burrito bowls. I mean, they're just, they're branching out, but yeah, they're awesome. Yeah. yeah they're, I mean, shout yeah, they're out to Wawa and Sheets. You know, they're both good. Um, no, Wawa is way better than Sheets. Sheets. Wawa to me is like an upscale Sheets. It's like nicer. It's cleaner. The food's way better. And they're, to me, in my or at least where I ran, because we had a sheets there too, um, uh, the the Wawa was so much faster too. Like if you order a sub, you can order a sub and not have to wait. Because obviously, with you know, like you said, being on calls and stuff like that, you don't, you can't sit there and wait twenty minutes for them to make your food, especially right. after especially after you already paid for it. You know, you want to get that shit and get out of there, <laughs> or at least well, have I mean, it, you eat it later or whatever. It's funny you say that because I was uh, I was in Wawa the other day while I was at work, and we were on our way back from 
a call, headed back to the station, and stopped at the the local Wawa that we go to quite a bit. And it was probably nine o'clock in the morning, and I'm like, you know, you can tailor make your own breakfast burritos, you know, right there at the computer screen. You go to order your stuff, and it was so packed in there at ten, nine thirty, ten o'clock in the morning that, you know, it took me. I was standing there for over fifteen minutes just waiting for my order to pop up, and God forbid if a call went out, you know, it's just I've already paid for it and I'm about to leave. So that that but that's the toss up. That's 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 nature of the beast. That's the possibility. And yeah, yeah our wallet was cool. They would give us like like if they saw us come in because we got free. I don't know if yours does it, but we got free coffees free coffee. all all day long. You got free coffees. Um, and and I'd always pay for it though, man. I just felt you know I I, I didn't want to take advantage of it. Oh, I didn't. I always took it for free because like we would come there all the time. Like if they needed us to check something out or. Maybe, you know, maybe an employee is not feeling well or something they don't want to call. You know what I mean? Like you kind of scratch their back or, you know, they need to call the fire department to have them come check some alarm bell thing, but they don't want to make it a big deal. You know, like you can kind of do stuff like that. Um, But they loved us there, but we used to do that. But they would also make our food. Like if they saw us come in, of course, we're in uniform and we have our uh, radios on and stuff like that. And they knew we were there and they were like, hey, hey guys, how you doing? We're like, good. And they're like, which one are you? And I'm like, I'm 213. And they're like, all right. And they would just pull it and start making it right away. Not to be disrespectful to anybody else there, but just because, and I, we never had any problem from any civilian because they understood like, Hey, you know, if we get a call, I might not be back for three hours, four hours, you know? And sometimes you go to like, you go to like a, a normal restaurant because while I was open 24 hours, but you go to a normal restaurant that closes at like eight or nine at night. Yeah. I might not come back and you might, by the time I'm done, I'm, you might be closed, <laughs> you know? So like, you need to get that food made quick. Yeah, man. That's, I was saying, you know, Wawa is a great place. Um, but what I was trying to get at, or my point was, is that even though you pass by McDonald's, Burger King, Wendy's, Hardee's, Carl's, wherever the wherever you're at, or Seven Eleven, Circle K, whatever, you know, and that that's Chick-fil-A. your Chick Fil A. Oh, Chick, that's right, Chick Fil A. You can't forget about Chick Fil A. No, Everybody cannot. likes Chick Fil A, but and the chicken's good. You can't. You can still make good choices. I mean, me personally, stay away from McDonald's, stay away from Burger King, stay away from all that stuff. You know, but you can go to, like we were talking about with Wawa, you can go there and you can tailor make certain things. Like, for instance, I'll give you an example of what I get. I'm going to get a breakfast burrito. I get breakfast burrito with egg whites, chicken, salsa, and avocado, and that's it. Yeah. No cheese. No, and and, and it's, it's all about... And I wish I could, like I said, there's so many people in this line of work that have some of the poorest diets I've ever seen. And that with a combination of strenuous work, especially on the fire side too, when you're like pulling hose, you know, you're geared up, you know, you're, you know, in full SCBA, you know, whatever. I mean, you're adding that extra stress to your body and your diet's in the shitter. Yeah, that's going to come to haunt you after a while. Yeah, and on top of that, and, like um, we talked about, like the drinking and stuff that goes on, not at work, obviously, but on the other right. Way. Yeah, but I mean, when you have like, and I, I know you you can, and it's even if you're making food at the firehouse, the fire station, and you know everybody, you know, especially when it comes to breakfast, something like that, someone's cooking breakfast, and there's like, like a massive vat full of bacon and eggs and and you know sausage and you know, and not that that's bad, but still smart choices you yeah. know it's hard you it's know. it's definitely like i did um i did um weight watchers 
and uh, at, you know, multiple times in my life, but I did it at, while I was at the firehouse, while I was working and stuff. And that was even hard. And like, we would just make me and my partner, it was just the two of us at our station. Um, Cause we were on the medic unit, but we would do like eggs in the morning. I don't think we did bacon. I don't think so. It was just basically just having eggs. And that's cause that, that was like something I would eat, you know, just plain eggs, you know, not scrambled, no cheese. It was just like sunny side up eggs, you know, that's all I, I love eggs. Yeah. And, so, and eggs have had, there's been a myth about eggs for years. That, you know, oh, you can only have maybe two a week because the cholesterol is so high that, you know, it's like, no, sorry, not buying it. Now, if, you, now if you're somebody whose cholesterol is, like, through the roof, yeah, you, you want to watch higher cholesterol intake food like that. But, I mean, if you're, you know, watching what you're eating and you're having, I mean, eggs are, I mean, aside from cholesterol, I mean, I think there's been too much focus on cholesterol. But that being said, like I said, you know, if, if your cholesterol level is high, you got to watch it. You got to keep it in check. But there's been so much focus on cholesterol that people forget that you need cholesterol for hormone regulation, you know, for, for lubrication. I mean, it's, 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 it's a needed component within your cardiovascular system. Can it get out of whack? Absolutely. Yeah. But that's why it's about, in my opinion, it's about, you know, cleaning up your diet. And just because you have to clean up your diet doesn't mean you can't eat the shit that you want to eat. You know, you just got to, uh, you know, you just got to do it in moderation or you, you know, you just got to come up with a plan. And as we were talking about before, Jason, we were talking about uh, another big thing you can see in this line of work is these, you know, certain people that yo-yo diet, you know, whatever that, latest fad of a diet is you know whether it's paleo keto you know la hollywood you yeah. know uh, adkins uh weight watcher you know <laughs> whatever it, you know it's it, i'm not downing those diets if that's it's all about it's not about what diet you're you know what what uh specific plan you're on it's about what specific plan works for you yeah you know like for instance me i uh what works for me is I got to be, I'm that guy. I'm like, I'm more of like a macro diet where I've got to have a certain amount of protein per day. And then all the other macronutrients just fall into place. You know, if I meet that certain amount of protein and that being said, I'm also to keep it a certain calorie level too, you know, and that, that's what helps me out. That's how I keep myself regulated. And when people say, well, I don't feel full on that amount of calories. I go to, you know, it's like, okay, well the secret to that is, more protein is you you eat high volume low calorie foods yeah and what i mean by that if you eat high volume food food that makes you feel full that's lower in calories that's going to make all the difference in the world yeah. for example like i did this to my wife and my brother-in-law the other day i was Not in the on kitchen. her birthday no no this was, like, <laughs> okay. this was about two, this two weeks ago okay <laughs> one of the things i eat every morning i call it anabolic oatmeal and what it is, and this may sound gross to some people, but I don't care. It's good. I'll take a half a cup of oatmeal, you know, cook it, or put it in the microwave, whatever. And then to cool the oatmeal down, I'll put uh, a cup of frozen fruit, usually berries, like raspberries, blueberries, and blackberries, or some okay. strawberries, too. You know, which will help cool down, plus it'll it'll melt the frozen fruit, or it'll, they'll defrost it in the hot oatmeal. Yeah. Then I will take about 140 grams of high protein, low fat, 
real Greek yogurt, like Faye. Yeah. Or Orcos, whichever one you want. You know, the, the one that's uh, – I usually use a 2%, which is like it's not no fat because I don't want – you want some fat. Yeah. I'll put about 140 grams. It's usually about probably three heaping tablespoons on top. And then I'll take no-calorie maple syrup, which is usually just – you can buy it at like your your uh, your grocery store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Called, it's called Walden Farms. Okay. That's one I use. Which it, it tastes the best, and it's no calorie, and there's no sugar in it. But the only thing is, yeah, it, it is one of those things that you know that's so scientifically altered that it's probably not the best for you. Right, I was gonna say because they have to use some sort of a su- artificial sweetener then or something. Right, right. Um, but uh, pour that on there, and it it is like I went in the living room with it. It was like a Saturday morning. I'm like, I go. Tell my wife, I'm like, here, hold this for a second. She's like, holy shit. She goes, that is heavy. I'm like, yeah. What you're holding in your hand is only 400 calories. Wow. And um, uh, she's like, are you serious? I'm like, yeah. And that'll stick with me like for the next three hours. I'll feel full as hell before I eat again. Yeah. And and that's that's the way that's the way you sustain. You know, if you clean up your diet, that's the way you sustain it. Is the more you make yourself feel full on high volume, low calorie food that tastes good, the more you'll stick with it. Yeah, that's true. And um, that for me, that's the key is because a lot, I mean, let's be honest, a lot of the reason why, especially people are online work, why they don't, aside from the convenience and, you know, the time and uh, not knowing if they're going to eat and they just grab whatever they can. One of the things that, that keeps people from sustaining any type of, eating plan if they clean up their diet is they don't like it. They don't feel like they're getting enough. They don't feel satiated. They don't feel full. Yeah. And uh, for me anyway, that's, that's the way, that's why I do it is high volume, low calorie food. Yeah. The time, the, the time and protein. And you can, and it's amazing if you just, you know, use a little bit of effort to find out what you like to eat, how many foods out there that are high volume and low calorie you know how many of them are out there that you probably never really realized because you didn't pay attention. Yeah. And uh, like, I mean, I still eat, I mean, I still, uh, you know, like if I'm going to drink beer, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, you know me, Jason, I like, I like the thicker beers or more of the craft beers that, that have flavor, but you know, I, I, you just, you just don't, you can't drink as many of them. Yeah. But one of the things you can substitute if you want to have beer there are plenty of beers out there that, like, for instance, if I was going to grab a beer that was lowest in calorie that had probably the most amount of flavor, um, there are two of them. Actually, there are three of them. Excuse me. There's one, Corona Premier, which actually has flavor but has less carbohydrates and less calories than Nickelodeon Ultra. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that's awesome. I haven't yeah. tried that yet. Um, or if you like Dogfish Head, they have a slightly mighty if you're an IPA person that it is an IPA that has you know just basically the same you know profile as is a Corona Premier except it's an IPA if you can believe that and then flying flying dog has an IPA that's probably one of the least I've ever seen that actually tastes like a real you know a, a regular heavy IPA and um. Cool. Yeah, you know, there's 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 choices out there. You just gotta look, and um, 
you know, I just think that, especially in our, in this line of work, you know, as, as hard as it is to keep up with certain plans, um, it's all about finding one that works for you. Cause there is no bad diet out there unless it's like a dirty diet. I mean, as far as these diet, bad diet plans, if it works for you and it's, it's working and you can stick with it, fucking do it. Yeah. Well that, cause that is, that is the thing you're right. Because if people, if you don't get that, that, that craving taken care of, like you said, for your beer or your sweets or your whatever kind of thing you're having a problem with. Um, right. And everybody has their own different problems. Like you're going to then cheat on your diet, which is going to derail your whole week of whatever you did that was good, you know, or, or, you know, or could derail it. I won't say it always does, but you know, that that's, that's true. And that's what happens with a lot of people. That's why they yo-yo diet because you get on these things and you lose all this weight on whatever said diet you, you like. And then when you're done, you end up usually they don't know how to maintain you, you, it. You, 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 I don't, you gain the weight back, but you usually gain back more than what you started with. Right. Like, so if you were like, like 200 or something, and then you drop down to, I don't know, 180 or something, and then you do it, then you'll go up to 210. Because not right. only are you eating all that stuff again, but you're, you're, you're fucking up your body because your body was getting used to doing this other stuff. And then you're, you know, now you're going back to the shit way again. <laughs> right. A better term. <laughs> well, I mean, it's all about finding, you know, usually, there's probably a better method out there, but the, the, a former method where people would you they would use to find out what calorie at what calories they needed to maintain the weight they were at. Yeah. And then obviously go below it to lose weight and stuff like that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it, it, it used to be, I mean, there's probably a better one now, but it used to be, uh, take your weight, multiply it by 15. And usually that's the calorie intake you need to, maintain the weight you're at and when i say maintain i'm talking about just to you know without really exerting any energy just 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 your the function of your body you right. know just just you know just the natural function what your body needs to function to maintain that weight and i mean a lot of people may disagree with me because there's probably a better scale out on that there now that one's probably kind of old school but um you know but like you said you know when you when you find that out because the key is you want to keep yourself in a deficit to where if you're constantly in a deficit, your body's going to burn the fat stores that it already has. Because if you keep feeding it, it's just going to burn what you're feeding it and those fat stores are going to stay. So when you put yourself in a deficit, like say, for instance, say I was at a certain weight and my maintenance calories was I needed, you know, 3000 calories a day, mm -hmm. but I was trying to, you know, lose weight or cut fat, whatever. You know, I, I, you know, I'm going to tweak that by like, okay, I'm going to bring that 400 calories below that point. Yeah. And, and go from there. But then when you add, you know, there's a lot of people that don't work out, but then when you add working out on top of that, you're going to see even more of an increased result because if that was your maintenance calories and now you're in a deficit and now you've added exercise on top of <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. Now you're in a double deficit. There you go. Yeah. You know, and it, it's, it's all about, and it's, it's not that hard. It's all about just having the will to do it and just to maintain it. But like you said, a lot of people will, will let's say go on a fad diet and they'll lose a bunch of weight. They'll do good. But then when they, they hit their goal, they are excited about it, but then they, they don't really know how to maintain it. Yeah. And, uh, that's, you know, that's, that's where, you know, you find something that works and you stick with it and you just tweak it to whatever your goal is. Or, or or someone brings a tub of um, Utz cheese balls into the house. That also yeah, then, derails yeah, me. Yeah. 
<laughs> and then you just blow up to a big freaking cheese ball. Dude. <laughs> that was my thing. Uh, we, I remember when my wife did like Nutrisystem and stuff, and uh, which I love Nutrisystem stuff. But we were doing that, and then every once in a while, I'd, like because you know, we had a younger daughter, so we'd get like the big thing of cheese balls. And I remember I was like, God damn, these are good. <laughs> and they have to be the Uts ones, not the other crap. It has to be like the Uts ones. Those were the best. Well, and, and one of the things that's also important is I think people get so um, caught up in listening to some of these 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 gurus that say, oh, this is what you need to do. You need to cut carbs. You need to do that. Well, okay, that may work for some people, but it may not it may not necessarily work for you. Like for instance, for example, I don't mean I don't mean to go off on a tangent again, but like we'll use the ketogenic diet, which yeah. is is a diet that a lot of people have so much success with they swear by you know it, it, they feel satiated it takes their you know all their inflammatory their, their inflammation goes away there's so many benefits to it but the only thing is some people I and mean, everybody's different some people's body bodies won't adapt to it like others like for instance i'll use myself as an example again um i was like i'm like well let me try it let me uh let me see how it goes um, cause, uh, shit, if I get to have bacon and butter constantly, I, I'm it, you know, but, uh, <laughs> I, remember I remember that doing the Atkins, you know, oh God. Yeah. But it, it, you know, I did it for six months the first time. And the only thing I noticed was the inflammation that I had in my joints gone, completely gone. No inflammation, never had a problem with gas. Because you're not you're not taking in all that sugar and all that processed crap, right? You know, and um, but the only thing I didn't have that people that I, that I, the result I did not see, which a lot of people, you know, have success with, is that their burst of energy, you know, and they feel great. I I, I felt sluggish all the time, especially in the gym. I because I, I didn't have that. I didn't really have those glycogen stores that I needed. And in my body depended sure. on that. Yeah, because you other people you depleted uh, all your stores. While right, you, and, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. my yeah, my body didn't work well on using ketones as energy. Like I said, I got the inflammation effect. Like I had no inflammation, I had no gas, everything was great on that aspect. But as far as you know, my body running on ketones for fuel, it just didn't work well for me. Yeah, but that doesn't mean, but but that doesn't mean that. It wouldn't work work well for somebody else. It's all about finding what works for you and tweaking it in ways to to where it's sustainable, to where you can maintain it. Yeah, it'd be great if doctors yeah. nowadays would actually like because doctors don't learn nutrition in in med school stuff. Like they they I'm sure they touch on it a little bit, but it's not like well, some not, of them are horrible, dude. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So it's not it's not like it's like a part. You would think that would be part of the course the coursework where you have to be like a master's in nutrition or whatever you would assume. But, but because our, in my opinion, our medical thing is made to just like cure symptoms, not really cure anything. Um, it, you know, it kind of goes against that. Cause that, yeah, that's the thing. Like, cause you talk to doctors, they're like, Oh, have you tried, um, you know, the low carb diet or whatever, you know, or have you tried whatever, you know, insert your favorite diet there. And that's all they're doing is just telling you to try stuff. They don't really know the, like they should know with you and your blood work and all this other stuff and may, whatever diseases you have, if you have any or anything or allergies or whatever, they should be able to formulate something. And I know you can go to like a nutritionist for that. I understand that, but you should also like your doctor should know this stuff and they don't right. seem to really know that they just repeat. They just regurgitate like fad diets to you, you know? 
Well, I mean, yeah, it, it, it's, it's kind of funny. It's funny you say that because there's, there's a lot of doctors out there that will, you know, a lot of people will go for their physical or whatnot. And the doctor will be like, well, you need to lose weight. Okay. They'll tell you that, but then they have no idea how you should do that. Right. You know, and then neither, a lot of times, neither does the patient. So then they're like, well, shit. Yeah. I need to lose weight because, you know, my, uh, my cholesterol's up, my, bl- my blood's thick, you know, uh, my, uh, my liver enzymes are elevated. Um, you know, things just aren't looking that good. Yeah. And, um, you know, what my, my hematocrit is, is, is up there. Yeah. It's elevated. Yeah. What, what do I need to do? And, um, a lot of these doctors, they're not going to tell you cause they don't know. Well, it's funny. They, you they say- have no idea. And then you look at them, you're like, well, my primary care physician looks like kind of a fat ass too. So I mean, obviously <laughs> yeah. he's not doing what he's telling me to do yeah. or she, Yeah, you know? So, <laughs> well, it's funny. Cause I did like, like back when I lived in Virginia, I did the uh, serotonin plus diet, um, which is like a, whatever you can read about it, you know, spdiet.com. But, uh, but they, like I did that diet. I lost a fuckload of weight on that thing. Like, and you, I mean, you go through the process, you just eat normal foods, you eat whatever the fuck you want. Like, you have lists of foods that you can eat, but I mean, you can eat, you know, they have stuff you can eat as much as you want of and stuff like that. Right. And it works. It works. I mean, I lost 55 pounds on that thing. Um, and, and it works like crazy. And I was telling my diet, my, my diet, my doctor here about it. And they're like, Oh yeah, we, we don't do that here. And I was like, Oh, well, well, I mean, well, well that's the one that worked for me though. Like I, I've tried name, name a diet. I've tried it. You know, like, like all those ones you've said, I, I tried them except for like the carnivore. I haven't tried that or something, you know, and I'm not vegan right. I'm doing that nonsense, but not knocking people who want to do that stuff, but like, that's not me, but like, you know, so it's like the same thing. It's like, okay, well, I just told you what worked for me. It's, and it was doctor in it. That's a, the the serotonin pus diet is a doctor supervised diet. Like you can't just, you know what I mean? Like you you have a doctor and stuff like that watching you and you're getting checked every week and stuff like that, making sure you're not having issues and they're checking your heart and checking all the stuff. So it's a real thing. And, and it's like, well, how is that not a good idea if there's a doctor, but you know what I mean? But you're, you're telling me to just try some fad thing, you know? (laughs) Like, it doesn't make sense, kind of like what you said, you know, because it's like, because my other doctor was like, my old doctor in Virginia, who was like, by far my coolest doctor I've ever had, um, he, he was cool. Like, he was like, all right, well, hey, man, you know, obviously, you know, same thing, like you said, like, hey, man, you need to lose weight. Yeah, okay. Everybody needs to lose weight. And he's like, yeah, I think we should, tr- you want to try this? And I was like, yeah, and then here's the thing, well, here's it- how it works, this is what you do. Here's how much it costs. Yeah, obviously, you have to pay for this program. And of course, and of course, since it's good for you to do this, your insurance is going to cover it. Right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> so it's, well, it's kind of the same way as when we were uh we were talking about testosterone replacement in a prior prior episode yeah um, it's it, it the problem it's the same type of thing with diet you'll have you like just like it is with like hormone replacement therapy a lot of your a lot of your like internal medicine you know family practitioners they don't know anything about this stuff yeah and um so that's why if like say for instance we were talking about you know hormone replacement like trt you know testosterone replacement therapy or you know hrt whatever you want to call it you need to find a doctor that knows what they're doing usually an endocrinologist a urologist or a sports any type of sports medicine physician that is that has experience and education in doing these type of therapies or else you're going to get 
a doctor who doesn't know what they're talking about, has no experience, and then may try to guide you, but still at the same time doesn't really know what they're doing, which yeah. can be very dangerous in itself. Yeah, I had, I mean, I had one when I first moved here um, to Alabama, I, you know, trying to find a new doctor, and I found one, and he was a nice guy. I met him, and I, uh, you know, told him all my shit, and da 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 da, and you know, talked about all that stuff, and um, about the uh, testosterone replacement therapy stuff, and and then and then um going through it and then like come to meet, you know, and come for future appointments and stuff like that and meet him. And he was like, he was like, yeah, you need to go see this person now. And I was like, why? And he, and he didn't, he never had an answer. Like anytime I asked him a question about what he was doing, like some idea he had, he never had an answer. I'm like, yeah, no, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> like you, you don't, you're not, uh, not, not again, not knocking him as a doctor because I'm sure he went to med school. Like he graduated and stuff. He's a good guy. But like that wasn't his wheelhouse, so he was not comfortable dealing with it. So that's when I knew, like I was like, all right, wait, I got to separate ties here and find someone that knows what the fuck they're doing in this genre. You know what I mean? And like, you know, that kind of thing. That's how you have to find those people, man. You know? Well, it's kind of like how you have. Uh, we'll, we'll use oncologists as an example. Yeah, you have a lot of oncologists out there that, you know, with with all due respect, a lot of them are just like they they know what they've been taught. They it's drilled in their brain that what's going to cure this cancer are three things, either cut, burn, or poison. Yeah. Whether you're going to have surgery to cut it out, you're going to have radiation to burn it, or you're going to have poison, you know, chemo to, uh, to try to, you know, poison take it care out. of it. Yeah. Kill, and, kill everything and then let you rebuild and it. They kn- and they know nothing about diet. Yeah. And, you know, which is like, which I think is kind of because what drives a lot of cancers is what sugar. Yeah. You know, or, you know, it could, it could be another driving factor. It could be hormonal, you know, issue like, you know, levels. Yeah. You know, and if, 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 if they don't know these things, like, especially we'll use diet as an example. Um, you know, you get like an uncall. That, that's what's funny. It's like, okay, I've been doing this chemo to cure whatever cancer I have, or I've been doing this radiation. And, and now my, you know, my immune system is in the toilet. Sure. What do I need to do as far as intake to help boost that up? Yeah. A lot of them don't know what the fuck. They don't know what to do. Some of them do. Some of them have no idea what type of diet regimen you should be on. Yeah. You know, and someone would be like, well, you've been through the ringer. You, you eat what you want. It's like, no, that's the wrong information to put out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's not good at all. You know, it's like. Yeah. It's like it makes about as much sense as you go into some of these oncology clinics, and it's like why why is there a candy bar vending machine and a Coke machine in the waiting room? Yeah, that that like is completely ass backwards at the diabetic clinic, <laughs> right? Yeah. And and it, it's like it's like are you serious? But that's where it 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 that if that's not evidence enough to where it's like look, one you're gonna have to do your own research, and then two you're gonna have to find physicians that know what they're talking about when it comes. To, it's the same thing with with diet as in general. medicine. Yeah. As, same thing. Yeah. yeah. Aside from oncology and aside from hormone replacement, you know, when it comes to diet, just to lose weight, you know, and, and a lot of people look at these physicians that whatever they say is the gospel, but the, the, the facade is, you know, these, a lot of these physicians don't, they don't know what they don't know anything about nutrition. Yeah. And, 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 and you can, a lot of them, like I said before, you can just look at them and tell it's like, <laughs> am I going to take it? You know, am I going to take eating advice from this dude when he's probably like he or she's bloated and weighs probably 80 pounds more than I do? Yeah. It's like, come on. And they're, they're like two inches shorter. 
Yeah, well, that's, yeah, that goes gonna, with I'm the same take... thing, like, at a gym, like, and it, not to be mean, and I'm not body shaming anybody or anything like that, but, but like, yeah, are you going to, who are you going to pick, the, uh, the ripped trainer or the fat trainer? You know, like, now, I'm not saying that the fat trainer person could be, like, incredible. Like, they could know everything, right? They could right. know, like, they could be the best trainer on the planet. They just may not put it on themselves the right way, or maybe they have some other issue or something like that. But just out of sheer thing, what are you going to pick right off the bat without talking to either one of them? Most people are going to go the, the, the shredded guy way or the shredded girl or whatever, right? Because that's a natural thing, like you said, you know? And it's the same thing as doctors. Like, you got to, you know, you got these guys that talk all this nonsense or talk all this stuff that they're saying to you, but then they're not following it themselves, you know? Well, I mean, that being said, you like, for instance, like you were talking about personal trainers. That's an excellent example. Like, for, for exception, there's a lot of personal trainers out there that say used to be professional bodybuilders or professional athletes, but have now gotten older and they're not as in good a shape as they were before, but right. they still have that knowledge to give you. Right. Even though they don't look the part anymore. Right. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not saying you should pick the right. shredded one to serve. That's not what I'm saying. No, no, no. I'm no. just saying your but, natural human instinct is to, you know, do that, you know, to go to that. Cause you're like, Oh, I want to be like that guy or I want to be like one, that girl. You know, one of the things that you, you kind of point on that I've always, and my, I used to tell my wife about this all the time. And I used to kind of laugh about it. I, I know it sounds mean, but I'm just going to put it out there anyway. You know, because I am a gym rat and it, I, I have thought about this. I don't know how many times I go in the gym. And, you know, in, in most of these gyms, whether it's, you know, no matter what gym you're going to, there's, there's always a, a personal trainer component to it, you know. And uh, I, I see some of these, these young personal trainers that literally look like they need a trainer. <laughs> and I'm like, how is this person training this person and the recipient, meaning the client, looks like a professional athlete? Yeah. I can understand if they were if the trainer was older and maybe they had experience, maybe they 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 been there, done that in their earlier life, but they just don't look the part anymore. But I'm talking about like a personal trainer right out of the gate. It doesn't even look like they work out. I'm like, how is that person going to tell, or better yet, how is when someone is looking for a personal trainer and sees somebody like, how are they going to take advice? Like, well, if you're telling me to do this, you obviously aren't practicing what you preach. Yeah, but that, that goes with like, but that goes with a lot of things because I, because yeah. I think a lot, like same thing, like I, I'm, a, I'm a realtor and I'm a travel agent as well, right? So it's the same kind of idea with that. A lot of people pick and you know if you're picking your realtor or you're picking your travel agent um you're you're a lot of people will just pick like a friend right and not pay attention to whether or not they're good at their job and same thing with a trainer you're picking a trainer because because timmy is your buddy or whatever and he just started being a trainer he took his class online and he finished it so now he's certified and got a job at the gym to do it whatever and and now you're going to pick him not saying he, he might again he could be a rock star you know what i mean but that, that's I deal with it all the time in my in my professional life with that stuff where you see that all the time. You're like, why why did you pick that? What that person's like doesn't know what they're doing, you know? <laughs> like because I see that all the time in real estate where I'll I'll come in like a house has been on the market forever and it's not selling. Now obviously that's not really much of a problem in this market currently, but in the normal market, you know, you'd see stuff like that where you'd see a house sitting on the market for six months and then I'd go in there and be like, yeah, I don't like look, I'm not here to talk trash about anybody else. That's not my job, but like you weren't getting the results you were supposed to be getting here. And what were they doing? And you hear stories. I'm like, what? No. You know what I mean? And then, and then like you go in there and you fix it up and then, you know, not, not necessarily fix up the house, but fix up whatever was wrong with the whole transaction part. 
and get it sold, you know? And it's the same thing with that. Like you said, with the trainer, like just because he's your best friend or she's your best friend doesn't mean that's they're rock stars, you know, or, or whatever, you know, you don't know. It's the same thing with like some of these gyms where you just see the, I don't know. Now they have all like the, what are the, what are they want? What are the gyms called now that everybody does uh, CrossFit and all that? Like, you got to be careful with some of those places, not knocking CrossFit or anything, but any of those kind of places that we have some right. in our area that are like boxing gyms and different gimmicks they do for all these different things, right? And you you got to make sure that those people that are training you are actually certified to be the trainers, that they're not just someone that got hired there because they're cool or they, they're friends with the bodybuilder guy or whatever, you know what I mean? So, not, and again, not knocking them, not saying they're not trained, not, not knocking any, I was just using those as examples, but you need to make sure they actually know what they're doing. You know, well, and you can also take that same example to like colleges, because I remember back in college how, you know, especially if it came to like business courses, are you going to take a business course from a professor that has only been a professor and has never started a business? Or are you going to want to take the other course where you have someone who is a part time professor, but owns their own business and company on the side? Right. Or and, as and their main successful. Yeah, 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 yeah who's yeah. actually been there, done that, and knows what they're talking about. When you come to the other professor, all they really know is theory of what they've read. Right. You know, it's kind of makes about as much sense in, you know, no disrespect, but it makes it makes about as much sense as like me wanting to take swimming lessons and taking lessons from someone who's never jumped in the water. Right, as opposed to like Michael they, Phelps they or something. The, they watched the YouTube video, watched learned how the proper technique to swim, but they've never jumped in the water themselves. Yeah. Well, I mean, we see that just to, to bring it all back in full circle too. You see that in EMS, you know, like, right. and, and we've had a whole, we had a whole podcast episode about this and it called a uh, uh, cookbook medics. Um, same idea. There are so many medics that I ran into my career um, that just learned the book knowledge and they can't, I mean, they can apply on the, okay. 80% of the calls EMS people run are like routine. Okay. I don't care what genre you're putting them in, like chest pain, difficult breathing, whatever. Right. doesn't matter. Auto accidents. 80% is routine. Okay. Anybody, any like person could do that. Right. It's those extra 20% ones where you really have to kind of know, like you said, not know, you have to like know what's going on. What, what, why is the body doing this? Why is this going on? How do I fix it? You have to know that part. Those are the ones that count. And those are where the cookbook medics, um, and not, I'm not trying to, you know, talk about that podcast again, but that's where you have to have that knowledge base. And that's where as a, as a medic who, you know, I was not an official trainer because our, our, um, suck job department I worked for didn't pay you to be a trainer. Um, so I didn't, I'm not training if I'm not getting paid extra to be a trainer, but of course you'd still mentor people that you're with. Like if I get put with a new person who's a released medic, you know, they're scared out of their mind most of the time, their first few days or first few weeks, even maybe because you know, they don't really know what's going on yet. And, and you would teach, and I would teach them like, okay, why? Great. You did a great job on the call or you did a pretty good job on the call. Why did you do this? You know, and you get their brain to open up and start thinking. And they're like, oh, because on page four, it says next step is, this. I'm like, okay, great. Why is that the next step? You know, and then, you, and, then you, and then if you get the good medics, you can actually get them thinking more. Like, so they start understanding why they're doing it. What, what is this drug? Why are you giving this drug right now? Well, because it says it's next in the protocols. Great. Why? Glad you know your protocols. That's outstanding. Obviously, you need to know that stuff. But why, why? You know what I mean? And then you start opening their brain up to, and the good ones then start understanding what's going on, and then they start understanding that stuff, you know, and what and how they can maybe use it at different places and different times and stuff like that. That's how you get become a good medic, in my opinion. And those book medics, like someone fresh out of school, is worthless. 
You know? <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not, not saying know, in a disrespectful way. Cause we all were there. Right. I was there too. I was fresh out of school at one point too. Um, but you just have to know, like, you know, you got to know this stuff. You got to be able to switch on the fly at any moment and understand what you're doing. Hey, this drug's not working. It says I'm supposed to give this drug. This drug's not working. Okay. Now, why is that not working? That's not in your protocol. You know, <laughs> like that's not your protocol is not going to teach you that. Well, plus you'll get, like you said, you know, when you get the medics that are fresh out of the gate, I mean, they're so used to like using the cookbook method. They're so used to using certain algorithms and it, and they, they don't know how to deviate from those. Right, algorithms. It never differentiates. If, if yeah. things don't go their way, they get fixated. Yeah. The, tr- the, when you're doing those tests in any of those classes, like EMT or paramedic or intermediate and all this stuff, like they're not deviating from the test. The test is you're going to be tested on this. What could possibly happen in this scenario? Well, this or this. And then you learn how to treat this or this, you know? Oh, but, oh, the page went this way. Okay. I'm going to go down path A and you finish the thing or when path B, I'm going to go path B, but, it, but right. in real life there could be C and D and you have to be like, Oh fuck. You know what I mean? That's not on this protocol anymore. Now I'm going to have to improvise. Now I'm going to have to back up why I did what I did, which maybe isn't in a protocol per se to a doctor later. I'm going to explain why I did this and what my thought process was. And, and I did that a lot, not all the time, but I did that a lot in my career. And I would tell, of course, you tell the doctor exactly what you did um, and you write in your report exactly what you did, like you're supposed to and everything like that. And the doctor would be like, all right, cool, man. Good outside of the box thinking, man. Cool. All right. Did it work? I'm like, no. <laughs> and he's like, or yes, it worked or no, it didn't, whatever. But, but at least, you know, he, he, they know you were trying something, you know, and they understand like, yeah, the protocol was worthless because everything I tried, the protocol, nothing happened. You know what I mean? So we had to do this and they're like, okay, cool. Cool. Well, I'm, well, thank you for letting me know that. Now I don't have to waste my time doing that part. I can now try this, you know? Well, it's kind of what we used to, it's kind of what we used to talk about, like, especially in the nineties when there was still, when it went, at least on a national level, when EMT, EMTI, intermediate, and then paramedic. Right. Yeah. That's what I was. The the ongoing, yeah, yeah. the the ongoing joke, well, not joke, but the ongoing thing was uh, that when you, when you finish your EMTI, yes, you have basically in the majority of jurisdictions, you have the same powers and level as a paramedic to treat patients, but the ongoing, you know, thing was that EMTIs, they were, they were the cookbooks. They, they, they knew, they knew what to do, but a lot of times they just didn't know why they were doing it. Yeah. The why came from the paramedic paramedic level. Yeah. When you went up to the paramedic level, you were, you you were learning more of the why I'm doing this instead of just do it. Yeah. This is the this is this is the roadmap you need to follow if you see this. You're learning more of the okay, I'm using this roadmap to use this treatment, but why am I using this and what's gonna happen and why is it happening? Yeah. Or what or what could happen too. Like what right. what are the options like because this is, you know, when you start getting to that advanced level of stuff, it's like, okay, this, this, this are the normal outcomes. You know, these, right. these two choices. There could be a C, but normally it's these two. You know what I mean? So. And especially, I mean, you could, in a, in a big area, especially you see, is especially when it came to pharmacology. Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't, I mean, there's so many, especially when you were just learning. And back then when you became an EMTI where you had all, you had, you basically had the treatment levels, paramedic in most jurisdictions. Yeah, but, ours was the same. Like it was the exact same. Right. It switched a little bit later to things, but like originally with ours, EMTI, you had to call for certain things. You had to call for narcs, for instance, like you had to call and get the doctor, the medical control position, uh, medical control for those people who don't know when you, when you're in the field or whatever. Um, and if you know this, just skip this part, but, um, you, you call the hospital, you ask to speak to med control. That is 
a doctor who's assigned to be med control for that shift. Um, then you tell him or her what's going on. You say, I want to give, I don't know, five of morphine or whatever, or two of morphine, whatever it is. And then they say, okay. And then you write in your report, you know, I gave two of morphine where, however you did it. Um, and then authorized by doctor number four or whatever, whatever that, because a lot of them had, they just use numbers for the, instead of their names, they would use numbers. So, so you did, and then you're covered, right? But as a paramedic, once you went to the paramedic level, then you didn't have to ask for permission. You had your protocols. As long as it's in a protocol, you're blessed. You know what I mean? <laughs> like to do whatever you want, like in that situation. Right. Or you just did a, you did a courtesy, you know, call on the radio or on the, on the phone just saying, look, this is what I got. This is what I'm doing. Not can I do it, but this is what I'm doing. Yeah. We'll be there in X amount of minutes. Well, and most of the time, and, uh, and, and that's the difference again, between book and street. Most of the time in the, in the book, they'll tell you, you know, called med control. And then you ask them and then, blah, 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 blah. And, and like when you're calling med control, whether it's via radio or a telephone or a cell phone or whatever, um, they're not sitting there just going, Dr. Ford, go ahead. Like, go ahead, go ahead. No, you know, like that's not what they're doing. So you're talking to some um, person in the ER who's in charge of manning their communication center in the ER. Uh, and that person is then trying to find that doctor whoever's med control, whoever, or whoever, there may be a couple options to make control. It's the big ER or something like that. Right. And they got to find that person. Then they've got to get them to come over to you to the station area where they are, and then they can talk to you. So it's not like a super duper, it can be a quick process, of course, like, but it may not be. So that's why like, like the difference, like cookbook medic, you would learn, you know, that, that way of like asking permission. And then when you become a baller paramedic, then you, you just ask for forgiveness. <laughs> You know, because you, like you said, you make your best judgments and sometimes you just have to do that because also you might be doing like a, a you know, five, 10 minute transport. Well, if you're doing a five, 10 minute transport and I got a whole bunch of shit I got to do, I don't have time to spend seven minutes on the phone, you know, waiting to get a mother may I think at some point you just got to be like, Hey, this is my best guess. This is what I think is going on. I'm doing it. You know, I'm authorized to give these meds as a, as a blanket protocol anyway, and I'm going to do this. You know, I have never had a problem with that as long as you could, as long as you could explain to the doctor why you did it. And it was obviously a valid reason they didn't care. Don't you think? Uh, on that note, let's wrap this up. All right, man. Yeah, let's wrap it up then. Uh, so we covered a lot of stuff today, got into a little bit of sports and a little bit of EMS in the end. Um, do you have anything else you want to add today? No, man, I think we've pretty much covered it. Yeah, I think so too, man. So, uh, well, thanks again for listening. Uh, please remember to uh, subscribe, like our show, tell your friends, tell your coworkers, tell your family members. Um, oh, big news too. We do have, um, as far as our membership level, if you want to join like, and become a supporting member of the show, um, where you do like monthly uh, donations and stuff to help keep the show going, um, we do have some new levels out there that go ahead and check out. Um, they'll be in the show notes below. Uh, you can get CPR certified. Uh, you can get EMT certified. And if you're a baller, you can become a paramedic and get certified with us um, in the uh, podcast world here. So check those out. We got merch for sale. We got mugs and stickers and stuff like that. So all those links will be low, like always. Um, but without further ado, then let's get out of here and we will see you next week on paramedics. Unscripted. <laughs>